did the same thing. They gave each other stickers. Each Wemmick had a box of gold star stickers and a box of gray dot stickers. Up and down the streets, all over the city, people spend their days sticking stars or dots on one another. The pretty ones, those with smooth wood and fine paint, always got stars. But, the wood, but if the wood was rough or the paint chipped, the Wemmicks gave dots. The talented ones got stars too. Some could lift big sticks high above their heads or jump over tall boxes. Still, others knew big words or could sing pretty songs. Everyone gave them stars. Some Wemmicks had stars all over them. Every time they got a star, it made them feel good. It made them want to do something else and get another star. Others, though, could do little, and they got dots. Punchinello, my favorite. Punchinello was one of these. He tried to jump high like the others, but he always fell. And when he fell, the others would gather around and give him dots. Sometimes, when he fell, his wood got scratched, so the people would give him more dots. Then, when he would try to explain why he had fallen, he would say something silly, and the Wemix would give him more dots. After a while, he had so many dots that he didn't want to go outside. He was afraid he would do something silly, such as forget his hat or step in the water, and then people would give him another dot. In fact, he had so many gray dots that some people came up and gave him dots for no reason at all. I know, it's sad. He deserves lots of dots, the wooden people would agree with one another. He's not a good wooden person. After a while, Punchinello believed it. I'm not a good Wemmick, he would say. The few times he did go outside, he hung around other Wemmicks who also had lots of dots. He felt better around them. But one day, Punchinello met a Wemmick who was unlike any he'd ever met. She had no stars or dots. She was just wooden, and her name was Lucia. It wasn't that people didn't try to give a sticker, it was just that the stickers didn't stick. Some of the Wemmicks admired Lucia for having no dots, so they would run up to her and give her a star, but it would fall off. Others would look down on her for having no stars, so they would give her a dot, but that wouldn't stick either. That's the way I want to be, thought Punchinello. I don't want anyone's marks. So he asked the stickerless Wemmick how she did it. It's easy, she said. Every day I go and see Eli. Eli? Yes, Eli, the woodcarver. I sit in the workshop with him. Why? Why don't you find out for yourself? Go up to the hill, he's there. And with that, the Wemmick, who had no stickers, turned around and skipped away. But will he want to see me? Punchinello cried out. Lucia didn't hear. So Punchinello went home. He sat near a window and watched the wooden people as they scurried around giving each other stars and dots. It's not right, he muttered to himself, and he decided to go and see Eli. Punchinello walked up the narrow path to the top of the hill and stepped into the big shop. His wooden eyes widened at the size of everything. His stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on his tiptoes, I know how that feels, to see to the top of the workbench. A hammer was as long as his arm. Punchinello swallowed hard. Oh, I'm not staying here. And he turned to leave. But then he heard his name. His name. Punchinello? 
The voice was deep and strong. Punchinello stopped. Punchinello, how good to see you. Come and let me have a look at you. Punchinello turned slowly and, la and looked at the large bearded craftsman. You know my name? The little wemig asked. Of course I do. I made you. Eli stooped down and picked him up and set him on the bench. Hmm. The maker spoke thoughtfully as he looked at the gray dots. Looks like you've been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli. I really, really tried. Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other Womics think. You, you don't? No, and you shouldn't either. Who are they to give stars or dots? They're Womics, just like you. What they think doesn't matter, Punchinello. All that matters is what I think, and I think you are very special. Punchinello laughed. Me? Special? Why? I can't walk fast, I can't jump, my paint is spilling. Why do I matter to you? Eli looked at Punchinello, put his hands on small wooden shoulders and spoke very slowly. Because you are mine. That's why you matter to me. Punchinello had never had anyone look at him like this, much less his maker. He didn't know what to say. Every day I've been hoping you'd come, Eli explained. I came because I met someone who had no marks, said Punchinello. I know. She told me about you. Um, why don't the stickers stay on her? The maker spoke softly. Because she has decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love, the less you care about the stickers. I'm not sure I understand. Eli smiled. You will, but it will take time. You've got a lot of marks. For now, just come to see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. Eli lifted Punchinello off the bench and set him on the ground. Remember, Eli said as the Wemmick walked out the, floor, the door, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, hmm, I think he really means it. And when he did, a dot fell to the ground. It's beautiful, that book. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know. It's just so beautiful, this book. <laughs> yes, I mean, I read this book like maybe a couple of times a month just to remind myself that the stickers only stick if they matter to me. But it's just... Yeah, it's beautiful, and it's expressing the heart of the Father, your creator, the one that made you, the one that knows you inside and out, the one that loves you unconditionally, the one that doesn't put marks, stars, or dots on you, because he made you, and he doesn't make mistakes. Um, in Genesis 1, we read this, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He has created you in his image, in his beautiful, perfect image. You are his creation. Saying anything about you, bad about yourself, it's saying something bad about God. Because you are his creation. But nonetheless, we know that we've all been at times when we've been harsh to ourselves. We've been saying not always the nicest things. We always tend to see the worst in ourselves rather than the good. Um, but the way 
we view God determines how we view ourselves. Even when we don't realize, the way we view and think of God determines how we believe other people might see us as well. And how we view those around us. Your image of God and your thoughts and how you see God determines how you view yourself and how you view everyone around you. But in Genesis, we see that God created us in his image. The deeper I know him, the deeper I know his character and who he is as a father, the more that I will change how I view myself. And as a result, how I see everyone around me. That's also God's creation. I don't need to change certain things of myself or people around me to view them better. I need to change my view of God and how I see him. Because it seems that a lot of our search in life, you know, if you subconsciously or subconsciously, if you look anywhere in the media, it's all about finding yourself, who you are, um, you know, eat, pray, love style. Um, but I believe that you cannot find yourself who you truly were created to be without finding and knowing the Father. You can't find yourself without finding the Father because he created you in his image. And finding yourself in him is a lifelong journey. It's not something that happens once and then that's it. But it's also something that I have heard many times, finding yourself in him. and that It was a phrase that I found a little bit overwhelming and hard to understand, hard to what does it mean to find myself in him? Um, but as Simon Ton, I understood that actually it's quite simple. It's all about accepting you are accepted. Accepting you are his son and daughter that does not change according to what you do or what you say. And if it's true for me, it's true for everyone around me. The only thing you can change is how you respond to this truth. The truth doesn't change. You are accepted. It doesn't make you more worthy or less worthy depending on what you do but the one thing that you can change and you have control over is how you respond to the truth that you are accepted and we have heard this over the last few weeks and months a few times that true repentance is accepting we are accepted true repentance does not mean going and begging and groveling because your forgiveness has already been paid a price for True repentance is accepting you are accepted. And that can only happen in the Father's arms. And that can only happen when you spend time with him. The more you spend time with him, the more you understand his heart and the more you accept that you are accepted. And he wants to spend time with you. He wants you to know him, to seek him, to come to him. You know, like... Any parent in this room, like what Phil shared about um, the time that he had with his son, that's beautiful. That's what a father wants. That's what a mother wants, to spend time with his children. And it wasn't anything fancy, and it wasn't anything exciting. It wasn't anything that you might think that deserves a sharing. But actually, he said, he invited me for tea. He wanted to spend time with me. I beg you that any day, any hour of the day, if you ask Phil and Audrey if they want to spend time with their children, they'll say yes. Anytime. Death is the heart of a father, wants to spend time with his children. But when he said, 
He invited me for tea. My son wanted to spend time with me. I already want to spend time with him all the time because I love him and he's my son. But he wanted to spend time with me. And that there just, that is the heart of a father. He wants to spend time with you all the time. He's just waiting for you to want to spend time with him. In the book, we see the Wemmicks put marks on each other, marks that seem to stick, and some marks that are wanted, like the stars, and some unwanted, like dots. And we can see the Wemmicks' effort to earn the good one and to avoid the bad one, until Punchinello finds a Wemmick that has no marks. Not just good marks because she's a good Wemmick, or not just bad ones because she's a bad Wemmick, but no marks at all. Because why? Because she spends time with her maker, with her creator, that never intended for the Wemmicks to ever give marks to one another. When, the, when Eli in book created them, they did not want them to, there was their own system, their own measuring stick. They created the stars and dots, they created the boxes, they created the system where they go around in one another and put in one another. There was never the maker's idea. We put so much value on what one another says about us, and we take it and allow it to become our measuring stick. But this is not and has never been the Father's intention when he created you and I. When Punchinello goes to see his maker and he says, oh, you've had some bad marks, Punchinello feels like he has to grovel and be like, oh, I know, I'm so sorry. But the carver is like, no, I don't care. Why do you care? I mean, to be honest, if there's anyone in that village that should care, should be the maker, not one another. You know, the, makers, the carver says, they are women, just like you. There's no one higher than the other that decides. But we allow opinions and words to become our measuring stick. They, the Wemmicks allowed the stickers to stick because they cared. He has created you in his image and he wants to spend time with you. In Genesis, we see that Adam and Eve walk with God in the cool of the morning. And that is a beautiful image of the father spending time with his creation. His desire is to be with you. His desire to be with you is so great that he didn't just create you and then went back to heaven, wherever back to heaven is, but he wanted to spend time with his creation. He created this beautiful world for them. He created Adam and Eve, and then his heart longed for them. So he went and saw them every day. Not because he didn't know what they were up to, not because they needed to tell him anything new. He already knows everything. Because he wants to spend time with you. When my eldest son was a nursery, you know, these days it's not a book with printed pictures, there was an app. So throughout the whole day, I knew what he was up to. I could see the pictures, I knew he was playing with this. But nonetheless, when he came home, I was like, how was your day? Not because I don't know about his day, because I want to hear it from him. Because I want to spend time with my son while he tells me from his point of view about his day. And the father is the same. He wants to spend time with you. Not because he doesn't know about your day. Not because he doesn't know how you're feeling and what's going on for you. What's good and what's bad. Because he wants to hear it from you. And he wants to spend time with you. And he wanted that for Adam and Eve. And he wants it for you now. 
And yes, after the fall, there was a separation that happened, but that, the separation was not from the father's heart. The separation happened from the father's heart. He is still longing to be with you, spend time with you, hear all about you, and he's waiting for you with his arms wide open. Just like the father from the prodigal son waiting for his son's return with no other intention but to love him and be with him. We remember the story that the father stays, he's at the gates of the city, which were like probably quite far away from his house. And he's there and he's waiting and he's looking down the long, long road, waiting and waiting every single day. Not to be like, I told you so. No other intention than to be and love his son. The more time you spend with someone, the more you know them, right? And you get to know them in a deep way and in a way that allows you to know what they might do or even say when they're not there. We all have people in our lives that we know pretty well. Um, and there are a number of people in my life that I love, that love me, that I know deeply, that even when they're not there, I know, to some extent, what they might do, say, or react in different situations. I know how they might respond, and this knowledge gives me peace in the relationship. There are times when... <sighs> One time, when I bumped the car... I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I need to now tell Matthew that I bombed the car. But my knowledge of Matthew and I, my knowledge of his love for me, I was like, well, actually, I know how he's going to respond. Yes, I'm not looking forward to telling him and I'm not looking forward to paying for this bump. But actually, I know how this man that I know, know of and lo know his love will respond. So actually, in that moment, the fear did go away. But that only went from relationship, from being in relationship, from knowing his heart. And it's the same with the father. The, the more time I spend with the father, I know him and who he is and how he would respond and how he would say things. Therefore, the fear, insecurities, and worry that I have to earn something goes away the deeper I go in relationship with the father. But it's not something that just happens because... It takes time to build relationship. We know this very well with anyone here um, on earth. It takes time to build a relationship. And over the years, the more time I spend with the Father, the more I experience his love and grace in my life in every aspect of it, in the times when I feel low and in the times when I feel joy. I know him more and more. I know him more than I've ever known him before. There is still more of him to know and discover and go deeper, but I can say now that I know him more than I've ever known him. I know how the Father created me, and I know the good things that he has placed within me. And I know that I don't need to earn his love. But <laughs> nonetheless, we do live in the real world where not so good things happen all the time. And sometimes intentionally and sometimes unintentionally. And those things that have happened to me and to you over the years have shaped us. The events that happen throughout the course of our life shape us in one form or another. We respond in different ways to different things happening. And that response to, to events in our life do shape us as much as we would like wanted to not shape us. Um, but I don't believe that is what God, who God created you to be. 
certain responses that I might have had in the past to things, I don't think is how God created me to be. And it's not how God wanted me maybe to react or respond in those situations. And he still loves me the same, but doesn't mean that he wants to leave me the same. There are great qualities within me that God has placed what there within me when he created me, when he thought of me, when I was in his mind and heart before the foundation of the world, there was good. In Genesis, again, we see that God created Adam and Eve, created everything, and he looked at it, and he's the same, the truth is about you and me. He created you and I, and he looked and he said, it is good. And as we walk through this journey called life, things happen. Things that we wish didn't happen. Things that the Father didn't want to happen. Things that the Father didn't plan or want to happen, wish didn't happen. Things that people with their free will have chosen and things that have shaped us. And our journey is to find that person that God has created each one of us. And deal with all the crap that has happened and become more and more the person that God has created you to be. And this is called discipleship. And the relationship, discipleship was a relationship in which you put yourself under someone where you allow God to speak through that person, causing you to grow, learn, deal with pain and insecurities and become more and more like Jesus. So let's look back at these words from the book that I have heard when I was journeying a little while back. For now, come and see me every day. And then what we see that by the time Punchinella leaves the Carver's house, a dot is already starting to fall off. Something in him has changed. Not everything, not all at once. There was, he still left the Carver's house covered in dots, but one. But he started believing a little bit what the Carver was telling him. Therefore, one tiny insecurity started peeling off because it's lost its power. And every time I'm going through something, dealing with something internal, trying to unlearn something within myself, each time it isn't something in instant, but rather exactly like that, going to see him every day. Through talking in my discipleship times, being able to see and understand more who the Father created me, but also understanding his words spoken over me, in time, just like Punchinello in the story, I have realized that dots have fallen off. And there are times when I, I don't realize maybe when they have fallen off, but they are not there anymore. And I remember this one particular time when I was chatting to someone about something in the past and saying that I feel a little bit like a piece of string that gets unraveled. But then by the time you finish unraveling, there's nothing there. And I felt like I was left with the question, of who am I then? Who am I if I'm not this that has happened to me or that that has happened to me or this that I believed shaped me and who I am? And in that moment, God showed me that he didn't remove those things from me. Those things that were not like him, he didn't just take them away and now I'm nothing. But rather, he showed himself in each area of my life that he's in. In this area, in this that he has placed within me the world has taken it and squashed it and treated it not in the way that God treated it but that does not mean that this thing that he has placed within me it's not from him and he wants to restore each piece and each thing that he has placed within you 
And I, he showed me that I can find him in all aspects of my life and character when I go looking for him. And in that moment, it felt like it all made sense. And it was great and it was helpful. But all my dots related to those insecurities and fears did not all fall off then and there. It still took time. I kept going back to this picture of God that God showed me that he, each part of me that feels broken and scrumpled up and broke, um, yeah, not nice, that he restores. And I had to keep going back to this picture and keep reminding myself what he says, that I am a new creation in him. And there were times when I had to write myself reminders. So it wasn't something that happened straight away. But just like the book, I had to go and see him every day and remind and let him remind me how much he cares. And now looking back, I can see how over the time, dots have fallen off. And amazingly, as dots have fallen off, so has stars. Stars that I wanted and craved from those around me. Stars that I sought out at times. But the more I believed and spent time with my creator, the one that made me, the one that knows everything about me, the more the other things didn't matter as much. Stars or dots. And the journey is not finished. And I, don't, I believe it will not be finished while I'm here. Because I'm always going to go deeper and moving forward and keep moving forward. But I can look back and see how far I have come. So this morning I want to leave you with this thought from the book. That says, you will understand, but it will take time. For now, just come and see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. And the other one that says, remember, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Amen. Those are the words of God that he speaks over you and speaks over me. Let's pray together and let's lift up this week. Thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for your beautiful word, for your reminder of who you created us to be, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the reminder that you want to spend time with us, that you just want to be in our presence and us in your presence. We thank you, Father, that you are a good, good father. You are the ultimate father. And a father loves his children no matter what. And a father wants to be with his children at all times. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We pray for this week. As the week comes along, Lord, and all those things that might cause us to uh, allow dots or stars to be stuck onto us and the situation that in which we might ourselves stick stars and dots on one another. But Lord, we pray that the reminder of who you are, the creator, the maker, the father, the reminder will be with us as we go on to this week. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning. Be blessed. And we will see you next week for our all-age service. Um, check out the emails. Who knows? Maybe Adam might send you a message to tell you to dress up like something. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm hoping. But I don't know. Adam? Something? To dress up or something. You know, like when we do an activity and you dress up like Mary or something. Like Paul gets his tea towels out and... I hope it's that, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't actually know. I'm not hinting at anything because I don't know. It's just I like it when we dress up, and there's like five Marys and three shepherds. <laughs> okay. Be blessed. Have a great week. Uh, it's always good to be together. R remember, 
if you have someone on your mind, on your heart, this week, today, now, give them a message and bless them. Thank you. Have a great week. Warm.